Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. The great thing about being a book girl is that you can, you don't have to read just new books. I think that's what I like the best about this podcast is that we're not just talking about books that are new because it's harder than hell to get a hold of a new book unless you're independently wealthy. Right, sometimes. (laughs) Pretty much every time. (laughs) Are you kidding me? We would go completely broke if we bought every single book that we read. We have to... We have to use the library. You know, we talk all the time about, oh, if we win the lottery, we're going to do this, this, and this. Now, our water, our lottery winners, lottery wins would go towards books. Yes, they would. And actually, we've already talked about this. We will be opening a bookstore with our lottery winnings. Right. Or a library or something like yes. that. Yes. Definitely. I'm in. Yeah. You're in, too? Mm-hmm. We'll definitely do that. It has to have coffee and it has to have books. We know those two things for sure. Well, of course. And tea. anything else, you know, tea. pie. It has yes. to have pie. Well, I mean, a separate place to eat the pie because I don't know about the pie on the books. <laughs> Not People everybody aren't is sure enough to we're eat their be... pie without making a mess, and they don't belong in our store. Guys, we're going to be rich enough. It doesn't even matter if they get their pie on their book. <laughs> but Buy it would make one. me sad if they get it on the book. That's there was how one... rich we're going to be. There was one time I dripped barbecue sauce on one of my books I was reading, and it just, I was like, oh my God, I just dripped, and everything just stopped, and I had to go get something so I could try to get the barbecue sauce off Was it my your book. book? Yeah, it was a book that I had bought. Oh. I spill stuff all that time on I was going to say. Well, <laughs> now, I get freaked out if I spill spill on the library book. Yeah. No, I don't. If it's somebody else's book, I don't eat barbecue. <laughs> I also have a habit. Maybe potato chips. <laughs> of taking a bath with my book and uh, then dropping it into the bathtub. We discussed that before, Nicole, because you came to one of the podcasts with a, uh, a wrinkly book. Yes. That's probably why. Yeah. And I'm I was also like, like, what are you doing? Bathing with your books? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, she, she bathes with her books. I sleep with my books. It's all good. Yeah, I sleep with them. We have an intimate relationship with our books. Yes, we do. Very, very, very intimate. intimate. <laughs> That's why oh. I like the hardcover. Man, I had a seriously intense book week. I read like four books this week. Did you? I did. Before we get started on books, do you want to announce the winners of the, our, oh, our yes. book giveaway? Joshua Unruh, our writer that came on, gave us two copies of books that he has written, and he signed them, and people commented on our Facebook page, and we have winners. So congratulations goes out to... We have Twyla from Oklahoma City. Woot woot! (laughs) (laughs) Who won the... Parent Protocol, the the preteen Isn't spy novel. Isn't that the novel. plundered parent protocol? Right, the plundered parent protocol. I'm sorry. Say that's that again really fast. Many. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. <laughs> and Shush. <laughs> the winner of Downfall, which is the violent Viking novel, is Vanessa from Kansas. Awesome. Yay. 
Yay! Congratulations to our very first book winners. That was awesome. We got yes. to give stuff away. And it was it was fun. We'll have to do giveaways again. We'll have to get somebody on who donates something. So I think we, we just need more a stinking giveaway. sponsor. We do. Yeah. So our sponsor can give us books and then Starbucks, we can give other people books. Amazon. Well, we should have a Starbucks endorsement, not a... Oh, I agree. Sponsor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Endorsement <laughs> so they can provide us with free product. Yes. We're okay with free product. I'm good with that. We go there every week anyway. <laughs> Last week, somebody bought our coffee for us, which was really nice. And I felt kind of this deep disappointment when we pulled through the drive through tonight and there was no one in front of us. I know. <laughs> I was like, who's going to buy our coffee? Well, you know what it was, is we weren't talking, talking politics, so your arms weren't waving around. <laughs> They were like, man, that chick needs to chill out. Let's buy her coffee. <laughs> she looks like she's having a bad day. Oh. Buy her coffee for her. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I am having a much better day, but th- this cold is kicking my ass. Me too. Mm-hmm. It just makes me tired oh, constantly. Oh, man. The last couple of days, I am just one walking perpetual sneeze. Oh, yeah. I just feel like constantly I have to sneeze. So if I like walk away from the microphone at any point tonight, you will know that I'm going to the corner to sneeze my head off. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, That's that where fun. I was at about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, you're the one that did this to me. I, mine was allergies. Yeah, that's so. what Jeff said too, but I think he spread it around the building and just pretended it was allergies. <laughs> well, don't give it to me. I don't have it yet. I'm just tired because I've been car shopping all freaking week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bonnie's mom got into a car accident, uh, so yeah. she had to go. Wrecked, rocked their She's car. fine, by the way. She's fine. Yes. Everybody walked away, and the, the, the person who was at fault was extremely... Um, Amiable. Yes, and helpful, and... That's good. ...has already... Put forth the money for them to get a new car. So, and it's only been like two days. So. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been like four days, but yeah, because it happened. It just Tuesday. felt like two two days because I was sick. <laughs> right. So the last time we discussed this, it was two days previous to me getting sick. So <laughs> the world stops when I get sick. Yeah, I hey, you know what you should do? Because this is what, what I did, and it helped the first what? week that I was sick. Is what? get peppermint oil and put it on like the back of your neck before you go to sleep. That sounds like a wackadoo thing. Does it really work? I don't know if it actually like does anything, but it does make me feel a little bit better. Well, like, I got like the big, I got the, we just went to Walmart and I got the, uh, the Vicks nose dildo, <laughs> you know, so I, I think I'm going to be using that, you know, just for the fumes. Cause you know, yeah. you just stick that thing up your nose and you go, and then you feel a little better, yeah. even though it really does nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The peppermint, I could see how that works because it's almost like menthol. But on the back it, it, of your it, neck? Yeah. Though? Well, that that is also supposed to get rid of migraines. Yeah. No. It relaxes. No, it really does get rid of migraines. Your for muscles. sure. I've had some peppermint, like, foot oil and stuff that you put on your feet when you're ti- your feet are tired, when you've been on your feet a lot. And, oh, my gosh, that stuff so is So you put awesome. peppermint oil on your feet and it gets rid of kidney stones, you say? No, I didn't say kidney stones. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, this is my point. Girls, that's a wackadoo thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I, would, I didn't say it cured anything. I said it made it like temporary relief. It, it makes you feel a little bit. migraines. That one for sure. If I have a migraine bad enough and put it on my neck, it goes away from me, okay? <laughs> you know what? You, you... Anybody got any tarot cards while we're at it? <laughs> I, I used to. You got a problem with that? I have some that? at home, actually. <laughs> Let Let's, me consult my Ouija board real quick. I think we should quick. do a tarot card edition of this. That would be so fun. It is. It's fun. 
It's fun. And we'll turn down the lights and maybe play some, light some candles, play Are some music and light flammable. some candles and have, have our little seance. A seance type thing. But how about we do that in October? That when would we, be a when good we one. do our October edition of Read some Three kind Book of Girls. Witchy books. Yeah. Ghosty Woasties. Yeah. I'm down. Awesome. All right, so um now you can get back to your crazy book week. Oh, I had a crazy, crazy book week. <laughs> I had the kind of book week where I ran out of books because I'm on the waiting list, right? So I've been on the waiting list for 1984 for two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still one person in front of me because I get all my books from the library. We're a very good proportion of them because I like to read audiobooks. So... The uh, stuff that I'm on hold for, I have six books on hold. Dang. One of which I've been in the you are next position for one week. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking the funnel is full, people. Some of these babies are going to drop down and I'm going to have plenty to read. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden on Monday, I have nothing to read. I mean, zero. Um, Yeah. So I go to the library and I start doing my browsing thing. And it's been such a depressing week that I thought, you know what? I'm going to look in the humor section. Which is always good. Yeah. I need, I need a chuckle. So I'm, I'm going to the humor section. So I go in there and I look under audiobooks fiction. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of cool stuff comes up. So I'm like, oh, okay. Here, this one. And the first one that I picked... I'm going to go first. I hope your girls don't mind. No, that's no. fine. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> since you already kind of are. Yeah, I know. Since I already steamrolled and took over the whole thing. Okay. I had to write this down because this is one of the longest book titles I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir Who Got Trapped in an Ikea Wardrobe. <laughs> that's the title of the book by Romain Puertos. Priotolas, Priotolas, something. P U E R T O L A S. Okay, so can you imagine what a book like that might be about? Nope. It was very, very, very fun to read. Now, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I had a blast reading it because the guy who's the main character, a fakir, for those of you who do not know, is a bit like um, a street magician in India. Okay, because I did not know what a that fakir. meant. He basically is very skilled at sleight of hand and stuff like, you know, you see the, the cobra trick. You see the guy who can go without food for a certain number of days. All of those things are related to his experience as a fakir. Mm-hmm. So what he does is... He convinces his entire village that he needs this bed of nails that is available in the Ikea catalog. (laughs) So they get up a, a, um, what do you call it, a collection. They pay for a round trip ticket for him to go to France to Ikea Mm -hmm. and purchase this bed of nails. So... He takes off, he goes to, uh, it's just really interesting because, first of all, you're getting the point of view of somebody who comes from a tiny little village in India, and he goes into this huge airport, and to Charles de Gaulle Airport, 
and he's just overwhelmed by stuff like the automatic doors, (laughs) 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 things like that. And he doesn't have any money. He has a 100 euro note that's printed on one side and it has a tiny little like invisible string attached to it. <laughs> so that's all he's got. He's got nothing else. And he's he wants to go to the IKEA so he, so he takes a cab to IKEA. And what the he gets in the in the cab and all he says is IKEA. Actually they pronounce it slightly different because it's actually translated from French. Ikea or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, anyway, this it's an audiobook. So he says that word to the taxi driver. Well, the taxi driver's like, which one? And he just repeats <laughs> it. So the taxi driver's thinking to himself, okay, I'm going to soak this guy for everything he's got. And he picks the furthest away from the airport that he can find. So he drives this guy out to Ikea. And they get there. And of course... Um, God, I can't think of what the dude's name is. Well, I couldn't pronounce it anyway, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really interesting um, Indian name, East Indian name. So he uh, distracts the guy at the last minute and is able to pull off his trick where the guy puts the note in his wallet. He distracts him, jank- yanks it back. Mm-hmm. And now he's got his counterfeit note back and he scurries into Ikea. Well, the guy doesn't discover it until later on. In the meantime, our hero is in Ikea and he's browsing and he notices that his bed of nails is not there. So he asks about it and the guy says, oh, well, that particular model isn't in stock in this store. And he says, uh, 100 euros? And the guy goes, no, that's 122 euros because that was a one-time only price. <laughs> so he's like, he has no money anyway. He, There's no way he's going to be able to buy this bed. So he's kind of skulking around, you know, and trying to figure out what to do. And this lady bumps into him and breaks his sunglasses. So she gives him money for the sunglasses. She pays him. Mm-hmm. Well, and then she decides she's going to buy him lunch. So he's sitting there with her. And in the meantime, he's thinking to himself he's reassembling his sunglasses under the table because they're trick sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time he's kind of really taken with this french woman and she's thinking the whole time whoa (laughs) nice exotic indian guy so she gives him her phone number in the meantime the taxi driver is starting to realize that he's been had but he's going on vacation the next day so he convinces the police to go with him that night to the Ikea, thinking, okay, I'm going to get this guy. But they can't. Get, they go look at the security footage, and they realize that, but um bum the guy accidentally gets locked into one of the Ikea wardrobes <laughs> and transferred to another store. Because he, he sees people wandering around and all of a sudden he, he tries to hide. So he goes in there real quick and he's real quiet. And they take it and they bubble wrap it. <laughs> and they put him on a truck to another store. Well, another store is in England. Well. <laughs> so, long story short, he ends up going to three or four different countries by mistake. 
It, it's it's like a farce. It's like watching a farce or a very farcical uh, play or something. Mm-hmm. I have rarely had so much fun reading a book. It was a blast. And I gave it a high rating just because it was so much fun. Totally took my mind off the political situation in the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, that is good. And that was the point after all. <laughs> yes. It sounds funny, and it sounds like something I wouldn't just immediately pick up, but it sounds like something I should immediately pick up. Well, like I said, it was so bizarre that, and of course, something like this would never happen. I mean, the fact that the taxi driver is going on vacation and then runs into our hero in the airport Mm -hmm. where he ends up on his vacation. (laughs) It's just a cluster. Yes. When they get to the airport. It's a very funny cluster. Yes. Sounds like an episode of Seinfeld. No, way worse, way worse. It's more like, um, it's more like, uh, have you ever seen a real farcical play? It reminds me of French black and white movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or Laurel and Hardy or one of those uh, Three Stooges. What's the famous black like black and white movie with the guy with, and he has the top hat? Oh, really Charlie fun. Chaplin? Yes, it reminds me of a Charlie Chaplin yeah, it's very, movie. It's very farcical. It's very... Like, you know none of this is even remotely close to being a possible reality, but it's so fun the whole time that you're reading it that, especially because I listen to the audio. Mm-hmm. Because especially the fake euro on an invisible string. I know, string. I know. <laughs> and it just gets more and more bizarre as time goes on. You're like, really? How many people do you think have actually tried that? Tried to put a string like on a dollar and feed it into a vending machine to see if they can pull it back out? <laughs> well, you see it on cartoons all the time. It kind of reminded me of a cartoon in some ways. I think it would make a very hilarious cartoon. Yeah. Yes. And it was translated from French. So then you get that French sense of humor in there, too, which is a very bizarre sense of humor. Yeah. Um, a lot of the dark comedy that I like comes from from France, France too. Um, once again, that was called, I have to get it back out and look at it again. It's called The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir Who Got Trapped in an Ikea Wardrobe by Romaine Puertolas. And it was very fun to read. All right. Now let's get to something serious. Great. Who's next? Well, it, it depends. It, it's fine. You can go or I can go. Mine is kind of a funny, not extremely serious book also. Well, maybe we should let her go because she's got a depressing book. Yeah, yeah and then we'll lighten it up again. Okay. okay. Sounds good. All right. So. So, Nicole. I remember it. The how author. depressing is it? <laughs> Do I need to go get a hanky? Probably, uh, actually. It's, it's pretty It's depressing. pretty depressing, but it. this Girls one is. Depressing books. This is also, I don't know why some of my most favorite books ever are about World War II. I think it's just because that entire event, uh, like, evokes so much emotion, and then just writing stories about it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, I think it's kind of like what you've said before. It's if it makes you feel something strong, mm-hmm. if, if you have a strong emotional reaction to the book, you're going to like it. Well, World War II was such a emotional time for a lot of different people that you can get a lot of different aspects by reading different books. Yeah. Okay, and so this one, this book was also originally written in France, um, and it's called Sarah's Key by Tatiana de Rosne. And 
it is essentially the story of a journalist who is going through a tough time with in her marriage and her and her husband don't really know what they want and she decides to remodel her apartment but this apartment that they're living in uh, had been in her husband's family for a very long time and so after going through some stuff she starts finding information out about people that uh, used to live there correct Mm -hmm. and so you guys read this book right I read this book too yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so she starts investigating and she finds out the story and so the book is being told from the journalist's perspective as well as the like when she starts finding out about so does she find something in the walls or something when they're remodeling or just stuff laying around kind of well she just starts like researching and then she does find some stuff but we don't really want to give that away okay um but she finds out about this family who during world war ii used to live in this apartment and they were arrested for being jewish and they were sent into sent to a warehouse in paris um where they were like their things were taken from them and they lived there with thousands of people that were also Jewish for a little while mm-hmm. before they separated the mothers from their children and from their fathers. Right. It was almost like a like a superdome. It kind of reminded me of like when they sent everybody during Katrina to oh, the superdome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And kinda like that. So yeah. they're crammed in to this very small space. There's well, no they did food. that in a lot of countries where like in Poland they sent they sent all of them to to the ghettos and right. like locked them in there and didn't give them any food. And, yeah. yeah. So there's no food. Uh, there's not water really, except some people had brought some stuff, but there wasn't enough. They were in there for, I think, several weeks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, they separate the families from each other. And Sarah's taken to Auschwitz. Ugh. Which that's the little girl who lived in I just in that watched apartment. a documentary on Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. So then... Um, she finds this out, but then she starts reading that that family actually had two children, and it goes into the story of like, like from Sarah's perspective, and she. Uh, so she survives Auschwitz. Yes, Sarah does. She does escape, but it starts telling you the story about uh, like before they are arrested. She had a little brother, and sh- so. She goes into the story of, like, she's at her house and, like, somebody knocks on the door. And so she locks her brother in a cabinet and she has the only key and she puts the key around her neck and then they're arrested. And they don't know. And see, the Sarah thinks, because the little boy is, his name is uh, Michelle. Mm -hmm. And he's only, like, four. And they've played in this little cupboard, so they have, like like some water back there and they have some books and toys and they have a little flashlight and everything else. Well, and Sarah, I think is like 11. Yeah. She's very and, young. Yeah. Maybe eight, 10, 11. Right. In the yeah. Right. So she locks- Sarah thinks that they're just going to be gone for a couple hours and come back. Cause that's what the police tell them and they don't know what's going on. So then she's going through all of these like events from place to place. And the entire time she, do- I don't think she, at that young of an age, you don't have a correct sense of time. Right. So her entire, like, existence at this point is, I have to get back to my brother. I have to let my brother out. And so this journalist is, like, discovering more information about this family. 
And then you're getting this story of Sarah intertwined, and it is literally the best story ever. Yeah. And Sarah does escape, and, and she uh, is rescued by a French family. Well, not I guess a German I think family. A German family. Yeah, yeah. in like uh, in the country uh-huh. side outside of Auschwitz, and they keep her hidden for a little while. And then the grandmother, they like sneak sneak her into France again, because. The little girl tells her about her brother. Oh. And so I can't really, like, say what happens after that. Because um, like, you don't want to don't tell away, us. But, oh, my gosh. My but, mind is just going crazy. But it is the whole time a that heartbreaking she's in, story. Yeah, it is. And the whole time she's in Aus- Auschwitz. Auschwitz, all she can think about is, I need to get out of here. I need to escape mm-hmm. from here so that I can go get my little brother. I need to go get my away? brother. No, somehow no. she keeps it on her. Yeah, they take all of the jewelry and everything from the mothers because the fathers are separated from this right. like warehouse right. that they're in, you know, but the mothers stay with them. And when they separate the children from the mothers, they take all the mother's jewelries, but they don't go through the little kids stuff. Yeah. Oh. And she uh, she makes a friend while she's at Auschwitz. And there's all these different stories. Plus, on top of this. The journalist is because you're going back and forth and the journalist is going through her own like modern day like issues in her marriage and then finds out that she's pregnant and then they were, hadn't really been planning on having a child. Oh, and wow. so that you've got these two stories mixed in and then at the end they just like intertwine and you're just like, oh. Right. Yeah, it all comes together. I don't want to hear about it. It's freaking me out. I mean, it ends kind of a little bit on a positive note. But just... <clears throat> it is a very depressing book. But yeah. Yeah, just, well... Um, just thinking about that little girl and just everything that she went through and it, it just it's a very I mean, sad just book. watching that documentary on netflix um the auschwitz documentary which was really excellent and because of the political climate right now and and the anti-refugee and the anti everything at the moment just just the climate politically made me want to go back and watch some uh, World War II stuff. Yeah, and I think it's because we need to beware of something like that happening again. People well, think, the only way not to repeat history is to know the history. And to understand mm-hmm. how it began, because right. really it did not start out that way. No. Auschwitz yeah. started out as a place for political prisoners, people who disagreed with the government. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think like part of this book, it's not a true story. But, but it could have been. But... Like, just reading about it, the feelings the characters have in that situation, that's real. Even mm-hmm. though those characters don't exist. Because other people felt that way. Right. And so, I don't think very many people understand. Like, you have to put yourself in that situation to understand what they went through, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's why and it's this, important. This book does that mm-hmm. really well. I mean, we say it's depressing, but it's 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 just real. It's like it doesn't glorify anything. You feel the despair like that the little girl is feeling. And then you feel the frustration that the journalist is feeling and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. It's one of my top 10 books, probably. Right. Your top 10 book list just keeps getting longer and longer. And it's going to get longer as you go on, too. And they You're will only 24. still be in the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bonnie read that one, too. So obviously that yeah. one's a... Yeah, I, I like still that. will not be reading that. Thank you very much. Too depressing oh for me. Oh my gosh! But you read what was the? I did read the the book thief. 
How can you read that and not want to read this? I don't don't know. know. This one is a little more depressing than the book thief. I I know, but it's still like the exact same. Like I don't know. This one is more depressing, but it's just if you if you can read the book thief, maybe eventually I'll get to it. But it's a very powerful. It's powerful. I think read it on a bright sunny day when you're laying on a beach or something. Right. Not when you've been sick. Well, or maybe when four it's years from outside. now, when things change in the presidency, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so not no, before she's not then, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really liked the uh, journalist's story of her finding out all this information because, you know, like like Nicole said, her in-laws are directly related to this story, and her husband doesn't want her to research this. He gets mad really? over her researching this. I mean... As in, she has to hide the information from him, and he finds it, and he gets all mad at her and everything else. And he's wow. like, why do you not want me to find out? Well, why do you want to go back to the past? What good is that going to do? Was she an American journalist? Yeah, she was from and America. she ended up going to France to write for... Did she the, marry a French guy? Yeah, yeah and she, she married, married a French guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, different people react to tragedy in different ways, you know? Yeah. Sometimes a family will bury depressing stuff and not want to bring it up again because mm-hmm. it's so horrible. And that's pretty much what kind of happened. I yeah. was just guessing. It like that... splits the family. Like half the family wants her to find out. I can't remember the journalist's name now, but uh. and then half of them doesn't want her to say, well, you're not going to do anything but just make everybody angry and bring up bad subjects and so on and so forth. And The journalist is Julia. Julia. Okay. okay. All right. So what's what's the name of it again? What's your title and artist? It is called Sarah's Key and it is by Tatiana de Rosny. Okay. <clears throat> and it was published in 2006, by the way. It's been out for a little while, but it is amazing. It is a very good book. It's one of my top 10 too. So. All right. So Vani, what did you read this week? Okay. I read the one that we had bought at the bookstore. On our way, the oh, Ian yes, McEwen. The, the, the CDs. The CDs, Solar. <laughs> I listened to them in my car and I finished them. And I understand what you mean by his style is very polished because he uses a lot of $5 words in this book. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Five and $10 words. Yes. <laughs> but, it, but it's good. It's still understandable. It's not like it's made to be, you know, too educational yeah he's just he's a educated british and polished like that's what sort of like the difference between watching a classically clean uh classically trained actor perform and a guy who's just a good liar yeah yeah Uh (laughs) yeah but it's in a this book is about a physicist named michael beard who won a Nobel prize about um climate control about the greenhouse effects when he was fairly young and that was kind of like the peak of his career and he's just kind of been riding on that reputation Mm -hmm. to get him through okay so he hasn't really done very much since the nobel prize and now he's like in his 40s or 50s Mm -hmm. his life is so dysfunctional and just a mess. His personal life. He's been married five times. Holy crap. And it starts out where he's in his fifth marriage and he's he 
he constantly cheats on his wives. <laughs> and well. the wife that he's married to now, he's cheating on his wife. And it's the 11th time that he's cheated on his wife in a five-year marriage. Yes. Holy geez. So that just kind of tells you... Uh, I mean, super, super dysfunctional dude. Yeah. And it's not like he's like an extremely attractive guy. He's like, you know, he's short, he's overweight, he's balding. And women want to sleep with him? I guess because he's a Nobel Prize winner, they think that he's a catch. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. <laughs> but anyways, this fifth wife, when she finds out that he's cheating, instead of getting mad and upset and everything like he wants her to be, she just says, all right, fine. If you're cheating, I can too. So she starts sleeping with the contractor that's working on their house. Oh <laughs> well, then that's just, he doesn't like that because that's not the right reaction. Why isn't she more upset? And then he starts obsessing about this, you know, <laughs> his estranged wife who's sleeping with this contractor. <laughs> and so, I mean, it just kind of tells you the kind of person he is. He's yeah. not... An extremely moral person. Well, I think that would be a big clue if you've been married five times and all the marriages ended because you were cheating. I think you'd have to be a complete idiot to believe that you'd be the one they wouldn't cheat on. If you're going to be a player, why do you get married? Like, what's the point? Well, exactly. So you can cheat on people? Yeah. If you're like, not probably the, sleeping around. If you want to play, go play. Don't. I have known people like that. And I had a dear friend that was married five times. He was a serial marrier. He yeah. would he would meet somebody and fall in love just like that and get married. Yeah. Well, some people are afraid to be alone. I know that I talked to somebody one time and they married somebody after knowing him for two weeks. That's insane. And I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you? Well, I like him and I'd rather be married than end up alone. Aren't you afraid of being alone? I'm like, I would. No. I would rather be alone than in a bad marriage. Yeah. I got to agree with that. But. So this dude who is a serious player does not like being played. <laughs> right. And after he after this all happens and, you know, he finds out that his wife's sleeping with this this guy, his name is Tarpon. Well, he goes to Alaska because he's still doing research about climate control. I mean, he works for, you know, a science climate change institute. And so he goes to Alaska to um, to learn about climate change in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Well, he gets to Alaska and one thing, there's some extremely funny plights that he does when he's in Alaska trying to get to the ship. You got to talk about the one thing because we're, we're in the middle. She's in the middle of this book and she calls me. She's just laughing. She goes, this is the most bizarre book ever. <laughs> the guy got what, what he got his penis frozen to his zipper. Oh, my God. <laughs> because he's there's snowmobiling in this, in, you know, Below 30 degrees, and he decides that he has to pee. <laughs> when you got to go, you got to go. And, and when, so he you gets know. his wanker, you know, fused to his zipper. <laughs> <laughs> that can't feel good. No. And just, and then, you know, the guy who's taking him is like, you can't, you know, tries to warn him, but he's not listening, of course, because, you know, why would he listen to somebody who's not a scientist? And, um, so he's obviously very cocky. 
<laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. Well, he's not very cocky ever. He gets the zipper oh, stuck no. to it. Takes off a little skin. Hey, can I get some help over here? But and the funny thing can is, you is that, that free for me? He, you know, so he's missing skin off of his private areas, and he's still fantasizing about one of the chicks that's on the ship. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Dysfunctional indeedy. And then, I mean, just like when they go outside, of course, they have to put all of their snowmobile gear on. And he never goes back to the same spot that he took his stuff off. So he's basically putting on other people's stuff and he's just picking and choosing all of the stuff that he wants. So his his clothes never fit. His shoes are either too big or too small. And, you know, his gloves are he, he'll have the inside of one glove, but not the inside of the other glove. So he's just. So he's a really smart guy that has no practical skills. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's actually pretty common. So, okay, so anyways, he gets back with all of this Alaska stuff. He comes back, and he's going to go confront his wife because the whole time that he's, you know, in Alaska, when he's not thinking about this other chick that's on the boat, he's thinking <laughs> about his ex-wife and how can, you know, she not no, want No, she's me. not his ex yet, is she? Oh, sorry, not yet. His wife that's sleeping with the with Tarpon and he comes back to the house, and a different guy is in the living room in his bathrobe. Cool. <laughs> so, and it's, it's somebody totally different. And it, it's a guy Ooh. named Alden who actually works with him at the Science Institute, mm-hmm. working on climate control. And uh, the guy's name is Michael Beard. I don't know if I said that, but Beard doesn't really like this other dude because he's always trying to chat up in his ear and wanting his opinion. And his idea is to do solar power, kind of like plants produce energy from photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. He wants to replicate that for human use and use the sun. And Beard, now this is our main character that wants no, to do that. No, this is the guy. No, the that's, other guy. The guy oh. that's sitting in the bathrobe. His name is Alden. Okay. And uh, Beard won't listen to it. He's like, you're stupid. I know more than you. I'm a Nobel Prize winner. Don't talk to me. Yada, yada. Well, then he finds him in his bathrobe. And Beard is mad, obviously, because, you know, now she's sleeping with this other dude. And, you know. (laughs) So he's like, you know, threatening to ruin his career and everything else. Well, Alden gets up and goes to run after him to try to plead with him not to ruin his career and slips and falls and hits his head on the coffee table and dies. <gasps> well, instead, Beard, instead of um, calling the police and everything after this happens, he goes in and gets Tarpon's tool bag and plots evidence. So then they think that Tarpon did it. So Tarpon's arrested and sent to jail. And after Alden dies, Beard steals his idea for the photosynthesis way of getting electricity and goes to America to try to get it funded. Man, this guy sounds like a real piece of work. I mean, and of course, you know, the women problems keep going through this because, you know, he gets divorced from one wife, yada, yada. So he has a lot of ups (laughs) and downs with all of that, you know. And just so overall, was it a good book? It was a it was a good book. It kind of the only thing I didn't like about it is it ended. It, it didn't finish stuff up when it ended. Didn't have a good ending, mm. right? It kind of just 
ended. So and you just kind of have to guess what happened. I haven't read this one, obviously, but I read Atonement. Mm-hmm. And like the plot twist in there, because you go from like science and like ex-wives and then all of a sudden you have like a death that mm-hmm. affects people for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing he did in Atonement. And it's like the best. I, I, I just loved the way he did that. So I, now I just want to go read all of his books. Yeah. <laughs> that he did that twice. There's, yeah. There's We're a lot. Be passing this one around, I think, because I like the sciencey bits. Right. And there is a lot of science in this, which I, I liked. Mm-hmm. I did like the science that's in this. And especially right now with the, you know, greenhouse effects, climate change and everything else that everyone's talking about. It's it's good to listen because I do the audiobooks to the scientific part of it. But just this guy and his <laughs> messed up life and <laughs> and how just he's a really smart guy, but he's so stupid. Sometimes <laughs> you just want to go, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you even do that? <gasps> but I but I liked it, I, even though it ended kind of, you know, it ended really flat. I would still give it a, a 4.5 hmm. just because it was just so all over the place. Okay, now sometimes. what is it again? Solar? It's called Solar by um, Ian McEwen. Mm-hmm. Cool. And need to go. Another one for the list. Yes. I read two other ones this week that were also good, but I guess I'll have to save those. <laughs> and they were both from the humor section. One of them, I just have to tell you the title of this one. Barbara the Slut and Other People. <laughs> it's short stories. I think I worked with her. Barbara the Slut? Barbara the Slut. No, actually, you didn't, because this is a, about a girl who's in high school, but... Oh. <laughs> well, she dressed like she was in high school. Does that count? Uh, she, maybe. She was one of those, you know, 50-year-olds that dressed like she was 19. Well, that would be Barbara the Cougar well, slut-ish person. Uh-huh. I don't know. She could have been a cougar if all she slept with was younger men. <laughs> oh, but she wasn't discriminating. No, there's no discrimination. Everyone equal, was welcome. An equal opportunity slut then. Yes. So, yeah. She didn't care the age of the <laughs> the person that was jiggling her knob. All <laughs> righty then. And obviously, I'm not friends with her, so I don't have to worry about her listening. <laughs> Barbara, if you're out there, you bitch. <laughs> I mean, you're a very nice person. Don't judge me. I have no idea who you're talking about, but it just sounds hilarious. <laughs> oh, so once again, we have reached the pinnacle of the evening. I find it very interesting that we have such a diverse audience. We have listeners in Egypt. We mm-hmm. have listeners in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where was it last week? It was Poland. Some, we had some Poland. Poland. Oh yeah, we had Poland yeah. too. That's interesting. We Lots of different of countries are pulling up the podcast and listening to um, some back issues, and so we want to say welcome to them. Yes, and uh, listen more. Yeah, Have Oklahoma City must be an interesting place, I guess. Well, there's not a whole lot of book podcasts. You're absolutely there right are on some, that. Because mm-hmm. when but there's we, not a lot. We, when, before we began this, we sort of went out looking to see. And there are a few. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a lot of them tend to focus on new books yeah. or upcoming books. And we're too poor for that crap. 
Right. <laughs> we need to have something that's at the library for free mm-hmm. that we can read and maybe things that are a few years old or whatever. Well, that, don't we don't have anyone mailing us free copies of new releases. No, right. we don't get any any good stuff. We have no endorsements. We have no sponsors. We just do this for the love of books. Yes. But you know what? But and we would if somebody gave us money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also fun to talk about old favorites. Because it is. I'm not saying that everyone's going to have our same taste, but if I was listening to a podcast and they started talking about a book that I had read and I really loved, it would be exciting because I'd be like, oh, I read that book. I know what they're talking about. We don't get a lot of comments, but I I think that would be interesting, too, to hear from some of the people who have listened. And maybe if they've read some of the books we've recommended to tell us we suck if they didn't like it or, you know, that we they agreed with us if they did. It might be interesting to get some feedback. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Next week, what do we got coming up? I'm trying to talk the one girl, uh, Kelly, that who was on the show before. Mm-hmm. She was um, on our zombie episode. Yeah, she was on zombies. Um, she is reading Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting in line for 1984 because we wanted to do uh, books that were relevant to the political climate. And so... Uh, she, she was going to try to come tonight, but she she couldn't make it. So maybe a couple of weeks from now, we'll try to address that. And by then, hopefully, I will be able to get 1984, which, by the way, is sold out on Amazon this week. Is it really? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you an idea of how much, um, uh, what would you call that, division there is mm-hmm. right now. People are a little freaked out, so. Yeah. I have an entire list, so we'll see what I get around to reading. By the I way, I don't know what I'm what I have. I, I, I'm going to have to look and see because right now I'm reading eleven twenty two sixty three, which you reviewed right, a while back. Right, and that's Stephen a really King, good one. Yeah, and I'm I'm liking that. And Solar was the last one that I read before that. I'm trying to think what did I read before eleven twenty two? Oh, um, uh, who wrote Gone Girl? Jillian, oh, Gillian Flynn. Gillian. Yes. Uh, Jillian. It was called Flynn. Dark Places. Oh, yeah. Which and we was watched good. Girl on the Train the other day. I did. I watched Girl did on you? the Train. Did yeah. you like it? I haven't seen it. It's on Amazon, but it's like... No, it was terrible. To to rent it, it's like $6. Well, I have it. We'll all watch it together. Okay. okay. And then we can... Right, sounds good. Did you read Dark Places? I, I, yeah, I read Dark Places. Have you read that one? I think I read so. Sharp Objects. I read Sharp Objects. Yeah. Did I review that one? Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. But if all of her books are written like Dark Places, I can see why you didn't like it because it's it's a very depressed state. The um, main characters in a very depressed state. Yeah, that I I just can't. Yeah. Girl on the Train. I liked the movie better than I liked the book in some ways because the beginning was a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I hated about the book. Mm-hmm. But the movie was a little too confusing. Was it? If you didn't, if you hadn't read it, I don't think you'd have been able. Yeah. The, the ending wasn't nearly as strong as it was in the book. So, mm. but we can talk about that another day after we after we get on it. All right. Well, that sounds like like a plan. Pretty excited about this. A bit excited about what? Huh? Everything. Excited. We're all so excited. <laughs> Woo! Excited about books. We're whipped up. We're ready. <laughs> ready to read some good books. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, 
that if I keep reading at this rate, I'm going to be so far ahead that I'll never be able to catch up. So yeah. I'm, I maybe need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I need to speed up. Well, I have some big books that I'm fixing to read because after I read this Stephen King book, which his books are always extremely long. I haven't looked to see how long this one is, but because it's on audio, I'm going to do War and Peace. Oh. I keep saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to do War and Peace because I like historical fiction. You said that it was from Russia. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. During World War One, right? I uh, think so. Yes. So that's yes. not one that I've read a lot about. So that'll be good. There's a lot of war in it. I like, yeah, but the political part of it is what I love about Ken Follett's books. When Gross. he's sitting and talking about <laughs> what caused the war and everything else, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm such a nerd. That's okay. You can say that about my science fiction. <laughs> Well, some of your science fiction I like, not all of it. And my it. really weird books about fuckiers <laughs> in an Ikea wardrobe. It's <laughs> <laughs> truly the strangest title of any book I have ever... No, that's not true. The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Boat of Her Own Making. That was the title <laughs> of the book. And I thought, oh, this is going to be huge. And I bought the book and then I never heard anything about it. Oh. Mm, really? Yeah. Did you like the book, though? Yeah. It was just okay? Yeah. Well, some of those really strange books, sometimes they're good, and then sometimes you're reading it, and you're like, I don't know what the heck's going on. Like, when I was reading A Dog's Heart, which we've talked oh, about before. Strange. yes. I, there was some times that I'm reading, I'm like, I, I must have missed something. I need to backtrack because Somebody's I on acid. don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't know what they were. Sometimes the science fiction books are like that, too. Mm -hmm. I picked out one that I started listening to last night right before I went to bed. And I got so lost. I started listening to it again this morning thinking maybe I just needed to listen to it when I was more awake. Mm -hmm. Way too weird. I had to stop. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I have nothing to grasp onto here. Everything is foreign. No, I'm putting this thing down. <laughs> All right, kids. I suppose we can um, go back to our per- our respective hovels for the evening. Not really hovels. Just kidding. Yes, I'm ready to go home. I've yes. had a long week. Oklahoma City was cold as balls this week. Which <laughs> <laughs> is cold. <laughs> but we're supposed to have nicer weather. So, and and guess what, girls? <gasps> it's almost. Like Christmas because the library book oh, sale yeah. is coming. It's our up. Black Friday, and we have tickets to the advanced screening. The advanced, yeah, <laughs> the day before it opens to the yep. public. We, I have the tickets in my purse. Oot, oot. I'm yeah. so excited, it's and then of course fun. we're gonna collect boxes and boxes full of books. It'll be very Obviously. exciting. All right, everybody, have an awesome week. And we'll see you next time on Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls.